And now Riders Radio Theater presents Coach's Corner. Howdy, I'm the coach. Coaching Coyote basketball has been probably the biggest uh, challenge of my coaching career. Uh, just getting five Coyotes into the shoes is a big job, uh, let alone getting them to play together as a team. There's a lot of psychology and motivation to getting Coyotes to play basketball. You know, it's not all X's and... Riders Radio Theater is on the air. Again, to saddle up and ride the airways with Riders in the Sky, America's favorite cowboys. To slim the man of many hats, Woody Paul, the king of the cowboy fiddlers, and Ranger Doug, the idol of American youth. This is Texas Big Ben to invite you to join Riders in the Sky for a thrilling program of high yodeling adventure. We're gonna ride and rope, we're gonna or two, we're gonna and holler and holler at the moon. And now with the 2,698 performance of their career, here are Riders in the Sky! Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, buckaroos and buckarettes, riders in the sky, back again. Thank you, Texas Bigs Bender, the voice that sold a million baby chicks over border radio. And thank you, Too Slim, Ranger Doug, and Woody Paul, the men who are riders in the sky, and our orchestra under the direction of Joey the Cow Polka King. And last night, little Donna Jagodzinski wandered on up and said, Ranger Doug, would you please play Desert Serenade on the show? So here it is, just for you. The moon is high, the fire is low, a million stars that shine, the embers glow. A lonesome yodel, soft and low, can't chase the memories of long ago. Somewhere she's sleeping on a soft and quilted bed, in a house we might have shared if I had stayed. Now I'm sleeping on the cold hard ground instead, swapping yodels with the coyotes in a desert serenade.
dawn will chase the shadows of the night and her memory will vanish with the light a cup of coffee and i'll be all right a new horizon waits for me just out of sight Somewhere she's sleeping on a soft and quilted bed In a house we might have shared if I had stayed Now I'm sleeping on the cold hard ground instead Swapping yodels with the coyotes in a desert serenade You like vacations, I like vacations. All guys chilling like vacations. Everybody needs a break now and then, and so do your chickens. You know, I've sold more than a million baby chicks to grateful investors like you. So I must know what I'm talking about. And what I'm talking about is a cruise, the dream cruise of a lifetime. The cruise that says, thanks for a job well done to every hard-working, egg-laying, money-making fowl in your flock. Announcing the nobody but us chickens cruise. Yes, send your worn-out, stressed-out, played-out hens to me in Del Rio, Texas. And I'll personally walk them up the game plank of my luxurious love barge. Then for seven days and six and a half nights, they'll ply the romantic Rio Grande, strolling the decks by moonlight, scratching for gourmet meals, and dancing and romancing the night away with a host of eligible Italian roosters. The love barge is captained by Rufus Thomas, Mr. Funky Chicken himself. Celebrities add to the glamour, Foghorn Leghorn, Chicken Little, Henny Penny, even the reclusive Roadrunner can often be seen in the Love Barge Casino. The last night of the cruise, it all comes together in the moving Colonel Sanders Passion Play. There's not a chicken in creation who has been spiritually awakened by the sight of the Colonel himself being lowered into hot fat. It's getting, I say, it's like getting mighty warm. I say, it's getting downright close. I say, leaping lizards, oh my! When your birds return to you, they're tanned, rested, and ready to roll out the eggs. That means your profits go right through that tin roof. Folks, do me a favor. Act now, it's only $9.99 per cruise per chicken. Think of it, you can send 10 chickens to paradise for under 100 bucks. So nobody but us chickens cruise, pick up the phone and call somebody with an accent like mine at 1-900-LOVE-BAR, that's 1-900-LOVE-BAR. And remember, see the pullets on the Rio Rio. They'll say gracias when you put the bill. Italian roosters give your hens a thrill. So send your birds to me. Riders Radio Theater sends a great big Western howdy to our station of the week, KEMC in Billings, Montana. Howdy, Billings! 
Now here's the king of the cowboy fiddlers with a little of Cliffhanger Waltz, part four. yourself onto your saddle, saddle pals, because once again, it's guest time. Friday is a Del Rio rainstorm, Texas Vicks. Guest time has returned like a long-lost friend, and Woody, Buddy, old pal of mine, enlighten our appreciative audience with some carefully crafted words of introduction for our guest star. Thank you, Ranger Doug. Idol of American youth, I would be glad to. We have a fine guitar player here tonight. He's well-known out east for his work recording and touring with Mary Chapin Carpenter and Nancy Griffith. His new album, Channel 3, is driving the critics nuts, trying to come up with new superlatives. Please make welcome Pete Kennedy. Yes. Yeah. All right, Pete. Welcome, Pete, to Riders Radio Theater. It's great to be here, guys. How's it going for you, Pete? Things are going great. I tell you two, Slim, bigger and bigger deals are falling through every day. <laughs> well, I heard you just signed a big deal. Just last week, I signed a contract with Columbia Records. Really? Well, congratulations. The way it works is they send me 12 CDs the first month. <laughs> You know, you could write for this show. <laughs> I think you could use me. <laughs> you know, T. Slim, we go way back to the old days, don't we? Yes, we do. Back to the days before them. They had burn electric guitars. Darn right. All we had was the old horse-drawn guitar. Back in the days before the old steam-powered guitar. Even before the capo was invented, if you wanted to play a simple song like Freight Train. And move it up a little bit on the neck, all you could do is go. That orange blossom special, and it's bringing my chicken back. Well, I'm going down to Norway, get some snow with my shoes. Well, I'm going down to Norwood, get some snow in my shoes. Gonna let that orange blossom special wash away all my blues. Baby. 
Wow. That's something you won't see just every old day, is it? No, no. Old Pete scared me wow. to death over there. <laughs> Pete, I saw your touring schedule. You're busier than a three-legged sheepdog in Boise on Saturday night. Boy, that's a nice metaphor, T. Slim. Yeah, I've been doing some hard traveling. Yeah, us too. We see a lot of exotic places. Take Norwood. You take Norwood. I do, frequently. <laughs> Back to the script here. Hey, working for the government takes me to some pretty remote places too. Working, working for, for the, the government? government? Yep. Times were slow last winter, so I answered an ad in the paper. Wanted. Eclectic guitarist for dirty government work. Is that so? Yep. Now I go around between gigs and deliver government messages. Stuff too sensitive for ordinary channels. I see. Well, I don't see. But I don't have to see. I just have to say, Pete, thanks for being on Writer's Radio Theater. Ladies and gentlemen, Pete Kennedy. Writers Radio Theater is a Mammoth Radio Pictures production in association with WVXU. This program is being taped live at the Emory Theater in the Queen City of the West, Cincinnati, Ohio. Stay with us, Alabama. We'll be right back. Here's a little of the number 10 song on the National Polka Big Band Countdown. Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White. Radio Theater. And now, Riders Radio Theater presents the ongoing saga of the Cowboy Way. Tonight, episode four of the exciting Western melodrama, The Lost Suburb of Gold. As faithful listeners will no doubt recall, Riders in the Sky have agreed to aid Tumbleweed Valley's marvelous school teacher, Miss Marm, in a most remarkable undertaking. Her father, Senator Sterling Marm, passed away 22 years ago. His lifelong dream had been to find the fabled lost suburb of gold. Meanwhile, half a world away in Madrid, Spain, the debased miscreant Slocum and Charlie have reunited after their Bostrovian fiasco, and already the Prince of Villains has hatched yet another big and evil plan. He has forged a land grant from the King of Spain to one of his ancestors and plans to use it to take over Tumbleweed Valley. As part of this scheme, he and Charlie disguise themselves as Dr. Slocum and Professor Charlie. Then they con their way into the Spanish Royal Archives where, with the application of a little whiteout, Slocum plans to make a few changes in Spain's New World Records to authenticate his forged land grant. And now episode four entitled, Shootout in the Archives. At the Spanish Archives, Slocum and Charlie find themselves in a large room. Shells of documents are everywhere. And in the middle of the room are two straight-back chairs and a long wooden table. Beside the table stand two heavily armed, hard-eyed curators. 
Buenos dias, senores. Uh, what documents do you wish to examine? Uh, we're researching a spot in the American West called Dumbleweed Valley, right, Professor Charlie? Aye, Dr. Slocum. <laughs> it will take a moment to find them. First, I must look in our index here and see what this land was known as 200 years ago. Yeah. Mm, ah, it was known as Tierra del Terror, the land of terror. Land of terror? What terror? It does not say. One moment more, and I will return with the records of this land for you to examine. Please be seated. Yeah, all right. Minutes later, the guard returns with the records of the land of the terror. Yeah. Uh, here are the records of the land of the terror. Please sign your name in this registration book before you begin. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, let's see here. Hey, say, this is interesting, Professor Charlie. Right. According to this registration book, the last person to look at these records was Senator Sterling Marm, 22 years ago. Ah, right. uh, see, I remember him well. He was a gentleman. He was here to study the journal of the great explorer, Dave Concepcion. Huh? Dave Concepcion? See, si, Don Dave Concepcion de Toledo de Akron de Columbus de Cincinnati. It was he who discovered the fabled lost suburb of gold. Now what? what? The lost suburb of gold. Yeah, right. You can believe it or not, Don Dave Concepcion say he saw it. He say the streets were paved with gold. Huh? The palm trees along the sides of the road were coated in gold. The water from the springs bubbled gold. He call it Shaker Heights. Oh, that's rich. <laughs> See, very rich. Well, if Don Day found this fabulous treasure, why didn't he cash in on it? Lose it. Well, how you lose an entire suburb of gold? Who knows? He never say. He only say he would never go back. Maybe it has something to do with this place being called the land of the terror, eh? Yeah, or maybe it has something to do with Don Dave being a 240 hitter with a big imagination. This is not true. Oh, who cares? Enough of this lost suburb of gold hogwash. Let me do some research here, all right? Yourself, senor, but if you don't want to know things, don't ask questions, eh? Hey, can I have some quiet? Professor Charlie is sleeping. <laughs> this is a library for Pete's sake. Who is Pete? What's he got to do with it? He's, oh, never mind. Under the watchful eye of the pouting guard and his silent but equally armed companion, Slocum pours over the ancient records until he finds the one pertinent to Tumbleweed Valley. Psst, Charlie, wake up! Huh? What? Oh, look out! Hey, uh, now's when I need a doofus henchman. All right. So what do you need? Create a diversion while I alter these documents. Right. A what? A diversion. Do something to distract the guards. All right. Hey, buddy. What is it, senor? It looks like you got document-eating bugs in here, pal. Senor? What? Yeah, there's some over there. What? There. I see nothing. He's eating out of the archives. Madre mia, where is he? There's more. There's many. They're what? swarming over the archives. But they must be stopped. Well, give me that machine gun. Here, take my machine gun. Here. <laughs> shoot, shoot. Looky, looky. Here comes Cookie. Did you get them? Every last one of them. Bueno, good work, Professor Charlie. <laughs> yeah, nice work, Professor Charlie. <laughs> right. Well, my research is done. We'd like to go now. <laughs> Wasting no time, Slocum and Charlie leave the Royal Archives. A short while later, they board Nottingham Airlines Flight 5826 for Tumbleweed Valley's Moron Field.
At this point in our story, I would like to pause for a moment and respond to a letter I recently received from Ms. Pamela Miller Morton in Chesterfield, Tennessee. What? She writes, Dear Texas Biggs, I, along with every other decent human being on this planet, respect and admire your marvelous melodramatic narration. Wait a minute. However, I, along with countless other faithful listeners, have waited in vain for a good two years now for you to explain what happened to the cavalry troops from Fort Wiley and the serial rocket rustlers. As you no doubt recall, they galloped into the train tunnel through Wolverton Mountain and never came out. What gives? <laughs> Signed, confused in Chesterfield, Ms. Pamela Miller Morton. Pamela, oh ye of little faith. <laughs> And now back to the lost suburb of gold. In the deep, dark, uncharted recesses of Wolverton Mountain, a long-lost cavalry patrol plods along in search of a way out of the tomb-like blackness of the cavern they've been wandering in for a good two years now. What's been so good about them? Yeah, this would never have happened in a Harold Pinter drama. Shut up, Corporal O'Toole. But Captain Rumpro, sir, we've been wandering around in this cave so long, you're starting to look like one of those blind cave fish. I talk, Corporal. Well, we're never going to find our way out of here. We'll never be rescued. Of course we will. The United States would never allow an entire cavalry troop to just disappear. There must be thousands of soldiers out looking for us right this moment. Captain. Man. What is it, Lieutenant oh. Piper? Man, we gotta do something about this accordion player, Captain. Yeah. He's just a private. Shoot him. While you're at it, shoot Corporal O2, too. Two. Hey, sir, look! The light at the end of the tunnel. We are saved. I'm still gonna shoot that accordion player. That is, Lieutenant. Listen up, men. I always knew they would. Our rescuers have arrived. Wow. Accordion players found the prideful, stately advance. Solemnly with heads held high, the long-suffering troops from Fort Wiley, the last outpost, proceed in a prideful, stately advance directly toward an onrushing train. Captain, sir! What is it, O2? Our rescuer is a train, sir! Whoa! It is a long and harrowing chase through the bowels of Wolverton Mountain. But in the end, it was the best thing that could have happened to the troops from Fort Wiley because the train chases them through the mountain and out the other side. Oh, joyous light of day! Forward, But when the troops arrive back at Fort Wiley, the last outpost, they find an unexpected visitor awaiting them. Captain A. Weldon Rumproast? Yes, sir. My name is Pete Kennedy. So you're the Pete, and it's for your sake we're doing all this. Exactly. I'm a special representative of the Secretary of Defense. Yes. So Segway. what? <laughs> and since George Bush is no longer president... What on earth are you talking about, for Pete's sake? <laughs> You might as well say that Superman is dead. Yeah, or that, or that America lost the World Series. <laughs> or that Johnny Majors was fired as coach at Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> All of that is true. And we have a new administration. What? Whoa! Holy cow. What? And as part of the new administration's deficit reduction plan, I'm afraid we no longer need a cavalry unit in the U.S. Army. What? Oh, no. That means no more Fort Wiley. But, Good heavens, but, Pete. You mean that the troops of Fort Wiley have just gone through better than two years of melodramatic limbo only to reemerge and be canned? Not exactly, sir. 
You see, it's become impossible to get an appropriation for a cavalry fort in this day and age, but we still need to maintain a pork barrel in this region. So Fort Wiley and all its personnel have been transferred to the Navy. This is now Port Wiley, and you, sir, are Admiral Rumpfrost. Then I must be Seaman First Class Buzzo, too. Shut up, Hoku. Look, Pete, we're hundreds of miles from the nearest seacoast. Is Port Wiley uh, hundreds of miles from a seacoast? Does the Department of Defense know something about geography? We don't. And what has all this got to do with the lost suburb of gold? Well, you won't find the answers to these questions on your 1040 form, but you will find them right here, same time, same station next week, in episode five of The Lost Suburb of Gold, entitled Any Old Port in a Storm. It's high on the hog melodrama you won't want to miss, and it's coming only to this theater of the mind. This is the VXU Radio Network.